in Seattle, Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to RodandDonsitDown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 675 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live back in the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're talking about housing inventory in Seattle. Just had its third highest drop. And what does that mean for you? Is there an opportunity in there to buy, sell, invest? Also, card skimmers. You know, when you go to the gas station and they say to put your hand over and put your numbers in if you're using a debit card, that may not work anymore. (laughs) Wow. Card skimmers are here all around the country. They're here in Washington State. And uh, this is what you do the next time you pull into a gas station to find out if it's a skimmer. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. This is breaking news as we're recording, but you probably heard about this story in Wichita, Kansas. There was a baseball league there called League 42, and League 42 stands for Jackie Robinson. And we all know what Jackie Robinson did in Major League Baseball, and we all know what he endured. As he traveled with the team, but he wasn't able to stay in the same hotels, he wasn't able to eat at the same lunch counters. And as he stood out in the field and actually absolutely crushed the opponents, uh, he heard the N-word everywhere he went, not only from people in the crowd and other owners, but certainly from other players. It's incredible what Jackie Robinson endured. In Wichita, Kansas, they had noticed, and you see this in Major League Baseball right now, there used to be a lot more African-Americans that played baseball. But what has happened over the years, and this is what cracks me up when people say, well, you know, black people can't swim, right? Jimmy the Greek used to say that, I believe, that black people can't swim. Well, you know when people can't swim? It's not because they're black or because they're Asian or the way. It's, it's, it's about having access to a pool when you're younger. And for me, the reason I can swim is because I had, even though we lived out in the country in track housing, we had access in our neighborhood to a YMCA. So as a kid, I was able to go there and learn to swim and dive and hold my breath and do all that stuff. And in a lot of urban settings... Uh, there aren't pools. And in a lot of those urban settings, some of those baseball fields that were built have gone away. And there is now housing in its place. And then what you find out, like watch hockey sometimes. Do you see a lot of black hockey players out there? You don't. My friend Liz, her boy, he plays hockey for the University uh, of Utah. And I tell you what. When he was coming up and playing hockey, all this traveling that you have to do, she's getting on a plane, all the equipment that you have to, it is such an expensive sport to play, right? And so luckily for her and her family, uh, they have the money and and, and they're able to do that. So it's not that African-Americans can't play hockey. It's just in a lot of urban places, they don't have access to an ice rink. And they certainly, uh, for a lot of people in black and brown communities, they don't have access to that equipment. This is what was happening in Wichita. So they started something called League 42. And they said in League 42, what we're gonna, it's only going to cost $30 
to play in this league. And as a result of that, when we're traveling, the league's going to pay for it. When it comes to building this, these fields, we're going to take care of it. When it comes to equipment, when it comes to hats and baseballs and bats and uniforms and cleats for kids, no matter what it is, we're going to take care of it. And you know what else we're going to do with League 42? Because they named it, named it after Jackie Robinson. We're going to raise money and we're going to build a statue. And we're going to remember who Jackie Robinson was, what he endured, and what he went through. And as a result of that, and you could be a white kid and play in League 42. Uh, in fact, they recently, I think, raised $1.5 million. And there's all kinds of kids that play in League 42. But uh, but it has brought African-American kids, specifically black and brown kids in Wichita, Kansas, it has brought them back into the game. And the thing is... When you, when you play game, when you play a game, or, or in my son's case, play a trumpet, you play a guitar, you learn a language, whatever that is, at a very early age, you learn to ski, snowboard, boy, you can be really great at it or, uh, later on in life, and uh, maybe it'll give some of these kids the opportunity to play baseball. Anyway, last week, somebody went, took that Jackie Robinson statue, and they cut it down. And all they left was the box it was mounted on and his two cleats. They just found the statue. Cut up and burned just in time for Black History Month. Some of the stories of what blacks have endured in places like Wichita, the Tulsa Massacre. I don't know if you've read about that. Some of the places where not only were there massacres, but killing fields. Places in Florida now where they have built homes on top of African-Americans' graves uh, during the Civil War. I don't think the rhetoric that is happening in our culture, and I don't want to dive into politics here too much, but I have to say, I have to say, I think they'll find out who did this. I don't think it'll represent thousands or millions of people. I think it will represent a couple of a-holes that thought they were being funny. And this is not funny. Uh, but it is shocking that in 2024 that this would happen. I have to say, the people in Wichita, they have opened up their hearts. And they have opened up their checkbooks. And they are funding League 42 like never before. And if nothing else... The cutting down of that statue has made us aware of this baseball team, this league, these 44 teams. And I hope, I hope that when they catch whoever did this, that there's mercy on their souls. And again, this doesn't represent all of us, but you know, somehow politicians are going to get involved. They're going to fan the flames 
And then all of a sudden we're going to be voting about this because we are in a culture war. Uh, Ron, what, what, what say you? I was, yeah, very, this, this... I was very shocked to read this. Uh, and I, it, I, I'm very angry about it. I just read about it about five minutes ago that the, they found the statue. This uh, a story is shocking that you would uh, chop down a statue like that. And when you think about statues, it made me think about well, I'm a guy that goes and I reads the I read the plaques when, when there's uh, I love history. If I'm somewhere and I see a statue, I go over and I at least read the title. Sometimes I'll read the entire plaque. And these things are important. They can change minds, especially for young kids. And we've lived a lot of places in America uh, and we need more statues of disenfranchised people of minorities uh, around in American history. So for instance, growing up in New Mexico, I was just in Santa Fe a while back visiting uh, my brother. There is now a beautiful statue of a Native American who served uh, in World War II. Or might actually was in uh, a more recent conflict. I think it was uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. Incredible sculpture. Uh, the finishing on it is amazing. It is sort of has, it has an iridescent part uh, on some of it. And you see that statue, and if you're Native American or if you're white and you read that statue, you're like, okay, that's a guy from Santa Fe that served with distinction. He was a Medal of Honor winner, and here is a statue to come commemorate that. Uh, when we were in New Orleans, I remember one time you and I were at a wedding reception and it was at a, an old slave auction. Uh, and I was a bit shocked that it's now a wedding reception venue. Wouldn't it have been great to have a statue outside of that building that commemorated or memorialized uh, the uh, atrocities that happened in that building? So I think in America, as we move through this, uh, society and was, as we move through the culture, as you just said, there's places like, like when I go around um, Lake Union, for instance, and I'll walk, why is there not a statue of, of the tribes that lived on Lake Union uh, before Denny showed up? We have streets named after Denny. Uh, there's, there's signage down there about what Denny did and how the homestead worked on, on Lake Union. I would love to see a statue of uh, Native Americans and what their life was like before uh, the, you know, the white man showed up. A statue like that could mean something uh, for our history, could be more equitable about our history. And so uh, there, there's a couple little plaques that, that sort of make a passing uh, nod to what happen but make a statue um if we're going to spend money on public art and spend money on all of these you know giant monuments that we have around everywhere to have some monuments and have some statues like the jackie robinson thing where hopefully a kid walks up to that he sees the who is this guy jackie robinson if you're 10 years old what did he do oh he was the first uh, a black man to play major league baseball go back and read about him uh, do a book report on him it's going to open your mind up uh to to see the, a broader scope of the history of America. So I, I hope they catch these guys soon. I hope they prosecute them to the, the full extent of the law. That statue was not cheap. Um, I hope that they are required to pay for the new statue. I know that the people of Wichita have said we will replace the statue. I, can, I think it should be the guys that destroyed the statue. And if it's $50,000, then get to work and pay off that statue to replace the statue that you cut down uh, and you dismantled and you tried to melt. Yeah. And if you're looking to make a donation, Black History Month, uh, check out League 42 online. And uh, I think it's good to send those kids a message because guess what? They're going out there to play spring ball 
and they can see what happened. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, I got some exciting news now through March 2nd. They're having their Founders Day sale at Les Schwab. Who is Les Schwab? Well, you know, they sponsor this show. You know, they do a lot of great things in the community. In fact, uh, this Thanksgiving, we raise a lot of food. And during the holidays, yeah, we raise a lot of toys. thing I love about Les Schwab is he loves the community. He's been doing it. In fact, instilling their family values since 1952 in all our Community, 70 years, earning your trust. Right now, the Founders Day Sale. It's a thank you to all the customers out there. Get this. You can save up to $150. That's right, $150 when you buy a set of four select tires. And all you got to do when you go in is say that Ron and Don sent you. All right? For that location near you, all you need to do is go to LesSchwab.com. That's LesSchwab.com. Les Schwab, let's say it together. They've been doing the right thing since 1952. Hey, it's Ron here for Ron and Don Real Estate. Love those guys. So listen, I, I was out to lunch yesterday. A friend of mine's like, hey, when, when the, everything crashes, I want to buy a house on the water up on the islands. And I looked at him and I said, Danny... The market is not crashing. He goes, okay, well, when interest rates go back down to 2%, I want to buy that cabin. I said, Danny, this is the, this, the market is stabilized. Interest rates have pretty much stabilized. This is the market we have. So if you've been waiting on the sidelines going, as soon as things crash, as soon as prices comes down, as soon as we get back to the old interest rates, that is not going to happen in 2024. This is the market we have. And if you are ready to make a move, whether you need to sell or whether you want to buy in the Pacific Northwest, in fact, the entire state of Washington, Don and I are your team. So whether you're doing it or your friend or family, refer us to them and let's get a game plan together. We call it a Ron and Don sit down. You can call me directly. You can email me, Ron at ronanddon.com, or you can go to ronanddonsitdown.com. Set up that sit down. Let's put a game plan together. This is the market we're in this year. It's stabilizing and it's going to start to heat up. So let's get a game plan together, ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. I don't know if you've hired a company that, that watches your credit or if you've locked your credit. If you haven't locked your credit, lock it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, lock it. You better lock it up, and you can do that. Uh, I had a friend, uh, she just bought a car in the Midwest. She's never even been to the Midwest, but her and her husband just bought a car. Yeah, her credit wasn't locked. She's banker. She knows better. So make sure you lock your credit. And then also, I think it's great to have a credit monitoring uh, company out there. So I have one. I have to say that the thing that bugs me about the credit monitoring is they will they, they send me messages. I probably get six or seven messages from them a day. Rarely is there a message in there that I want, Right. They're always letting me know, hey, if you did this, you could pay this card off. And it's like, I don't need to know that because I pay my cards off every month, right? Hey, just want to let you know your card just increased a little bit or decreased. And, and I get that. Usually they're trying to sell me a product. And I'm just interested because other times I'll get a credit alert and I'm like, whoa, someone just tried to take over my Twitter account. <laughs> Good luck. I hate Twitter. So, 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 so the point being, having your credit monitored, I think, is a good idea. There are people out there because your information is all out there uh, on the dark web, and people are buying those things up. 
and they're trying to get into your credit and they're trying to unlock your credit all the time. So make sure you monitor that. If, if you have a credit system, I, I think that that's real important. Here's something uh, that I've been concerned about for a long time. And it's evidently now here in Washington state are card skimmers. And if you don't know what a card skimmer is, well, maybe you're about to find out. And it's one of the reasons why when you go to a gas station, they say make sure if you're using an ATM and you're not using a credit card, and you probably should use a credit card, not an ATM. If you put the ATM card in there and you have to punch in the code, they want you to cover it with your hand in case somebody has set up a camera to go ahead and and record. Well, what a card skimmer does... Uh, and I looked at some of these online. They're, they're able to adapt and install it uh, right over that, that spot of the gas tank where you would slide your card in. And what they will do is they'll do it at gas station. Like, I have a gas station down the street here. It, 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 I think there's someone in the store from, like, 7 in the morning to 7 at night. But for the rest of the hours there, the pumps are there, and a lot of people use them because it's one of the only gas stations that's here uh, in this part of Queen Anne. So people pull in there all the time, and I've pulled in there as well. So what someone will do is they'll go in there, they'll install the card skimmer, and not only do they get all the information off your credit card, but also as you're punching in your code, they get your code as well, right? So if you have a credit monitoring operation, Chances are they should reach out to you and maybe let you know that someone has gone on a run. Uh, but here's the thing that I found out, and Ronnie, you can tell me if this is true or not. They, they, they say if you pull into a gas station, try to go into a gas station that you know somebody is in, like the Safeway gas station I go to in Ballard. Someone's in there 24-7. Try to do it in an area that it's lighted, that's very busy, that they can see from the store. And then also make sure when you go up before you slide your card in to pull on it. Because evidently these skimmers will pull off, they'll pull right off. So make sure you go in there and, and you pull on that mechanism to see if it's secure. And chances are, if it's a skimmer, you'll be able to uh, to pull it off. Uh, and then I wouldn't probably ever go back to that gas station ever again. Uh, what say you about skimmers? And are you are you are you checking now as you? Uh, after reading this story, as you go into uh, to well, gas stations, they, the police authorities have uncovered some in the Tri Cities, and they've they've seen some pop up here in Western Washington. So you're not you're not being an alarmist here, and, and they say. Yeah, I mean, I try to pay attention to that. It, it's a little device. They usually say it's plastic. So most of the time on a gas station pump, it's metal. So if you see a little plastic overlay on top of that, it's reading the magnetic strip on the on the back of your card as you put it in and pull it out. Um, and so to check on that. Um, I think the, the thing that stuck out to me the most uh, in this article was that if you can use the touchless um chip now in your card where it has the three little semicircles around it and you can just touch the card to the reader they say that that is more secure than the ones where you scan magnetically and so the magnetic ones are the ones that thieves are using the most and so use the the touch ones and so i i have it set up on my phone as well where i can put my phone up against that scanner and it shows up on my phone the the transaction 
option will and I have to, you know, double click on my phone. So what that's giving you is a buffer away from the device. So you're not putting in your pin code into the machine. You're doing it on your own device. And so I think if we can start to get in the habit of doing that, and I, I'm, I'm really happy to see that, you know, restaurants now here locally are moving towards that credit card scanner that they bring to the table. So you can then do it at the table and not give your card. Man, I was out with my brother a while back in a different city and the people had my card for like 10 minutes uh, in the back of this pizzeria. And I finally just walked into the kitchen. I was like, I need my card back. And the, the guy was back there chatting it up with one of his coworkers. And he's like, oh, I'm going to bring it. It's like, no, we need, I need it now. Like you, you should not have my credit card for 10 minutes uh, back in here to, to pay for a pizza. And so, yeah, I think it's just about being aware, recognizing it, but they have seen some, especially if you travel a lot over on the other side of the mountains, I guess there's a lot popping up on gas stations and the off-brand ATMs, they say, is a big problem. So the independent ATM machine that you'll see somewhere that's not affiliated with a bank and it's not at a bank, uh, that, that has also been seen to have some of these skimmers uh, that installed and people are, are stealing at your info. Yeah. All right, you guys. See you on the other side. Hey, it's Ron and Don here with Mitch Weeks. You know him better as Mitch.loans. Mitch, you have a really cool new product for investors. I think it's kind of the first I've ever heard of it. Yeah, so we have a great new investor cash flow program. And what this is, is we take the house you are buying and we inspect it, not you, the borrower. And so what we do is we look at the house and we say, will it cash flow? If you put 20% down, will it make more money than it's going to cost you to keep paying off your mortgage? And if it does, it's yours. It doesn't matter what you make on your own. It doesn't matter all these other things that we usually have to document. They don't matter. They're gone. It's just, does this house make sense? And if it does, you can buy all right, so you can go up to four doors, up to four units on this. And uh, Don and I have never heard of a product like this. It's pretty exciting if you've been wanting to get into the investment game. So go to Mitch.loans right now. Set up a time to talk to Mitch. See if you qualify for this new program. That's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys. Welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we sell the sound. So if you need us, we've had meetings this week in places like Edmonds. I've been up to Edmonds a lot. <laughs> and I just had uh, dinner I like up there. I like lunch. Yeah, with my friend George at Bucatini. It's really good. Check it out. Uh, Ron's been over in West Seattle. We've been over here in Magnolia. We're heading down to Fedway, Auburn, Tacoma, the east side. What's up, Kent? Right here on uh, uh, Queen Anne. Um, I'm house hunting on Queen Anne right now for... Uh, someone that's relocated. Just reach out. We sell the sound. We buy the sound. We invest in the sound. We are investors. Uh, four people helping get Airbnb started right now. So happy to do it. The transaction with us, it lasts a lifetime. So, all right, just go to rondonsitdown.com. We can sit down today. Let's talk about housing inventory. Uh, I was talking to one of our clients the other day that is relocating to Seattle. Ronnie says, every time I see a house, it's about a $1.5 million house in the Queen Anne neighborhood, it's gone. I went and looked at a house for him yesterday that's only been on two days, and I called the broker, and the broker said, yeah, I already have an offer, a full-price offer uh, that is sitting on my desk on day two. So 
as I was talking to this client, he said, yeah, we need you guys because we got to act fast because we don't even get to the offer review date. What does all that mean? Uh, and then I also just read a, a story that said uh, that we have the third uh, lowest housing inventory in the history of Seattle. How do you see this? Yeah, so inventory, and just a refresher, we've talked about this before on previous podcasts. Uh, the, the metric used for buyer's market, seller's market, balance market, if you ever heard those terms, is a concept called months of inventory. And so what that means is if, if there were, you have a certain number of houses for sale, uh, in, in a given marketplace. And if no other houses came on the market, how long would it take to exhaust the entire inventory? And so a balanced market is somewhere around four months. So all things being equal, if not, if you just stopped right now, hit the pause button, it would take four months to sell all those houses. That's a balanced market. Anything above four. So if you have six months of inventory, let's say that is a buyer's market. That's where buyers come in. Buyers have a lot of leverage. A buyer can can make generous terms. You're tilting the table towards buyers. Anything less than four months is tilting the table towards sellers, that there are more buyers than there are sellers and that buyers need to step and buyers need to uh, offer more, uh, offer concessions to, to, in order to get a house. And so in the city of Seattle, and I, I, would, I would probably expand this to even the east side, uh, the, the Puget Sound area for the most part. We even have a client that's looking in Tacoma that the $1 million and below range and those houses are getting snapped up uh, within the first couple of days. So what we have here is this article was saying statistically um, we had an inventory drop in Seattle. So it's not the lowest inventory we've ever had, the, but the drop in inventory has been one of the biggest we've seen. And so right now it's still, it's a seller's market technically in Seattle, meaning we have less than four months of inventory. Some spots have uh, around one month of inventory. Uh, there was a point uh, that we saw in the run-up with interest rates. I remember some neighborhoods that had 0.3 months of inventory. That's when you were seeing... You you know, 40 offers, 50 offers. We had a, a listing in Sammamish, I remember. Sammamish had less than one month of inventory. We got 420 thousand dollars above list price because it was the only listing on the lake. And so it just, that's just the way that it was. There was not another listing. So people that wanted to live in Sammamish saw it and we had multiple offers and it went up. I had one on Issaquah Ridge where I think I had 18 offers. So there just wasn't anything else on the ridge. Um, so you see this this drop. We've talked about it, I think, in in, in last episode, uh, where it's like boomers are not selling for a variety of reasons. Among those is avoiding capital gains tax. Another factor is that they have uh, an interest rate locked in around three percent. Those two things combined are making them say, "I don't want to sell my house, even if I'm retired, even if the game plan for the past ten years was to move to Arizona." They're just not unloading the house uh, because they see the benefits in their mind of hanging on to this outweigh uh, what it would cost to get out of the house. So this is the market we're in. 
theoretically year, you know, in our, our five years of doing real estate professionally, right around February into March and April is when inventory numbers start to go up. Uh, people like to shop in the spring in the Pacific Northwest when it's not raining 23 hours a day. So I'm optimistic that we're going to see it loosen up a little bit. I don't think it's going to be gangbusters, but I do think we will see some more inventory uh, as we move into the spring months. Yeah, and I'll tell you what I'm seeing is I'm seeing, like, I went into a home yesterday, and the home had had a fire in it. The people that bought it, it was an estate sale where they bought this house, so this fire wasn't uh, disclosed because you don't have, have to form 17. They didn't inspect it, and now they're trying to sell a house that has a fire in it. And they're trying to explain that. And they haven't fixed all the knob and tube. Guess what? That house is going to sit there. You have to fix the knob and tube. You have to put a new panel on it. You can't, you, you can't do that. A lot of people bought up homes in the Heights, especially in the summer of 2022, where they didn't get homes inspected. And they said, you know what? I'm going to take the leverage of cheaper money here. And I'm going to look the other way on the inspection and not have it inspected. Those homes are coming home to roost now because as, as, as people are looking to unload or to sell those houses, now that now these are some homes that have real problems and they have deferred maintenance people didn't pay attention to. And if you're going to, if you're going to sell a house, for instance, and you're going to ask, you know, 1.5, 1.6 on Queen Anne mountain. And you got, uh, you know, an old, Samsung refrigerator in there and an old GE stove and you have a microwave that doesn't match and you put up some drywall in the basement but you didn't dig it out uh, and you have old mechanicals in there and you don't have AC that kind of stuff those homes people would have stepped and, and, and paid for and competed and waived inspection in June of 2022, they're not doing that anymore. And even if that home sells, it's going to get an offer. It's not going to get lots of offers. The homes that we're seeing get lots of offers. East side's crazy, you guys, crazy. It's still somewhat like that on the east side where, where, where maybe you don't have 17 offers. You might have seven. And here in Seattle, if a home is on the money, I say at offer review day, you'll still have three or four great offers. And there are people out there with cash. I'd say about 35% of the buyers out there right now are cash. And, and, and there are buyers that are ready to buy, that have been standing on the sideline, that have been living in an apartment. And they're like, yeah, I don't, I, I have people that are living in my Airbnbs that are ready to buy and they're, and they're ready to pounce. So do your work. Uh, even if you don't use this as a realtor, if you use someone else, do you have a, get your house inspected and have a scope of work. Chances are you've set some money aside or you might have a HELOC. Borrow that money from yourself. You'll get it all back at the closing table and spend a dollar and get two back in the sale right? You can really use it as an engine to make even more money. And tech workers that are getting off the plane, some of them are making three fifty dollars to $800,000 a year if they're in AI. That's extraordinary. They don't want to fix anything. They don't. So you do the work on your end, you'll be rewarded for that at the closing table. Ronandonsitdown.com. We will meet you where you're at on your real estate journey. We've never met a hoarder. We only meet collectors. <laughs>
if you're buying, selling, investing, uh, a lot of people have Airbnb questions for me today. And some people launch into that and don't know what they're doing and they get wiped out from it. Because uh, if you're just trying to do one, it can be very, very difficult to do one. On the other hand, I did one and it taught me how to do, I think I do uh, between my 30 days and my long, I think I do nine now. So anyway, here to help, uh, ronadonsitdown.com. And we'll meet you where you're at on your real estate journey today. Because we sell the sound. That's right. All right. Head up, shoulders back. Thanks for hitting subscribe. Thanks for hitting like. Thanks for making this one of your favorite podcasts. And thanks for letting us, as we're heading towards 700, 700 podcasts, 2 million downloads. We're so appreciative that you've made us your friends, your broadcasters, and your realtors. All right. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. Keep blowing that trumpet and playing that guitar at the School of Rock. Keep it listening to the Ron and Don Show. All right! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Only!